Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Is there any other way between rock star or working a job you hate? Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hi, my loves. Welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle. It's Eileen. Today is a special day because it is the season finale of season five of the podcast. So after this episode, we will be going on a little break. We always go on a summer hiatus because it's just the rhythm that I enjoy. I liked having a little break for myself personally, but also so that we have time to research and prep guests for the next season and also to have some space to reflect on how we can improve the podcast and make everything better. So if you enjoyed the podcast so far, please leave a review on iTunes and share what you loved about the podcast. I so appreciate when you guys leave a review. I love reading them and seeing what you actually think of the podcast because when I'm recording this, I have no idea whether people like it or not, (laughs) but the reviews are how I really hear your feedback. Anyway, today we're talking all about how to figure out what to do with your life. And if you're interested in building a business, how to build a successful business doing what you love. This was my main challenge in life that led me to start Lavender because I was so lost. I had so many interests and I didn't want to take a traditional path, but I had no idea what I wanted to do. And that process was so frustrating figuring it out. So today we have a guest who is killing it at her business, doing what she loves, helping other people do what they love. And she is going to help you save so much time in your journey. Our guest today is Kathy Heller. Kathy Heller hosts the podcast, Don't Keep Your Day Job, which has over 10 million downloads and features conversations with creative entrepreneurs like actress Jenna Fisher, blogger Seth Godin, and more. She's a phenomenal coach, and she's sparking a movement for every soul to add their gift to the world. Hi, Kathy. Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, Thanks for having me on. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so I feel like you have so much value that you can provide for our audience. So let's start with your story. How did you find your path and what were the failures or setbacks that happened along the way? Well, there's a lot of that. Mm -hmm. But long story short, I came out to L.A., when I was 24, I wanted to be a singer-songwriter. I got dropped from a label, had a bunch of day jobs, and then figured out a way to make seven figures. That's like the long story mm. shoot super short. <laughs> there was a quite a jump there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But really, it came down to asking a new question when I wasn't able to continue on with the record label at Interscope. Mm. Um, and I got those day jobs I hated. I asked a new question, which was, is there any other way? between rock star Mm -hmm. or working a job you hate. 
And that question was great right. because I started to look for the answer to that question. And, I, and I, at the time, I realized that I, I could do other things. And what I wound up doing was licensing yeah. my songs to TV shows like Grey's Anatomy and movies and trailers mm. and ads for Target. And I started making a few hundred thousand yeah. dollars a year. And I was like, no whoa, way. that's so wow. cool. Yeah, I found a new path. Wow. And then from there, I started helping other songwriters to license their music. I started an online course, which I never thought I'd do, called Six mm -hmm. Figure Songwriting. That class wound up making a couple million bucks a year. Wow. And then from there, one of my students thought that the class was really inspiring. And she said, you know, this has a lot to do with general, how do you make money? In general, how do you figure out what you love, not just songwriting? She said, start a podcast. And so I said, what the heck? I already had a busy life. I had three mm -hmm. kids. Um, <laughs> my youngest was 10 days old. And I was like, you know what? I'm always going to be busy. I'm never going to not be busy. So I'll just start it. So I started a wow. podcast. And the show is called Don't Keep Your Day Job. And it's all about helping people figure out what they really love to do and how they can really serve the world. And I started three years ago. And now we're at like 13 million downloads. And I wrote a wow. book. And I'm helping as many people as I can to figure out how to find their thing and how to be of service and make a living on their terms, not on the rest of the world's terms. Totally. And are you still licensing your music now or do you still write songs or is that kind of, you've I transitioned do. now? I do it a lot less because I just make a lot more time for my my community now. Mm -hmm. I just find that that's where my enthusiasm is most. So I do yeah. that, but um, I still do it a little bit. Right. What would you say, like, how did you find that licensing opportunity? Because I started to look for new possibilities. I think no matter what we're mm. doing, sometimes we feel completely stuck and it's because we we don't see another path. I think we reach for the highest branch. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine uh, is a teacher and she works in the inner city. And she said one day she told all the kids in second grade to draw what they want to be when they grow up. And one kid drew a marine biologist, like a guy with like a dolphin. And another kid drew an astronaut and somebody else drew a chef. Mm -hmm. And then there was a kid in the back of the room and he was just staring at his paper. And she said, why don't you draw something? And she finally got him to draw. But when she came back, she said, what did you draw? And he said, a pizza delivery guy. Oh, and she said, yeah. what's going on here? And he told her, well, my dad's in jail. My uncle's a pizza mm -hmm. delivery guy. Mm -hmm. So the point is that we will reach for the highest branch that we can see. And that's right. why when James Clear was on my podcast, he wrote a book called Atomic Habits. It's a New York Times yeah, bestseller. Love yeah, love that book, yeah. So good. And I said, what's the most important habit? And he said, who you surround yourself with? Because it defines how we see the world. And so especially totally. now with what's going on, if we don't happen to have people in our house or in our friend circle that give us a new point of view or a new possibility – Listen to podcasts like this. Listen to my podcasts. Go go listen to someone who you think is inspiring on Instagram and then start to ask the question, is there anybody else in the world doing something that I like doing? And you might mm -hmm. be surprised. You might say, I love hand lettering. And you ask the question, is there anybody doing that? And you'll find there's a gajillion examples of people who are making great livings doing that. Then you might say, well, is there anybody who's teaching people how to make sourdough bread? And you're going to find an example of people who are able to make a living just from teaching their, their course from their home. Yeah. You know, So the yeah. question is, I found licensing music because I asked a question, is there another way? And then I started researching and I started researching like how else do songwriters make a living besides being rock stars? And yeah. I started to see touring, merch, licensing. I was like, what's licensing? Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's the easiest one. I don't have to get in a van and drive around the country and play shows to 14 people every time I hit a new city. 
I could just reach out to people at NBC, Lionsgate, and all the other places in between and ask them, what kinds of songs do you need? And that was actually the biggest turning point for me as a business because I think a lot of times people don't understand fundamentally what makes a business a business. And the difference between a hobby and a business is that a hobby is is about you. It's, it's your... It's your love. You like it. You do it. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about it. But as soon as it's a business, by definition, that means somebody else is paying you for it, which means that that person needs or wants what you're making. So I realized that when I started to reach out and I was super nervous and I was calling people at ad agencies, calling people at, at movie studios, I realized that the big the big change in what made me successful was when I, when I stopped saying, can I send you my music? And instead I started asking them, what kind of music do you need? Mm-hmm. That was where everything started to actually become successful. Right. I think that's so key for someone starting a business or even content creating because people are creating for themselves, not recognizing what people out there actually want or need. Mm-hmm. Like how can someone out there get clarity on what they're meant to do? Like say they're lost. Yeah, you can go out and research, but how would you guide them? Well, there's a couple ways in to the answer to that. One way is that there are things that you love doing that other people think of you when they think of those things. And it's interesting Mm -hmm. sometimes to step back and ask those people because you might be surprised. Really? That's what you think? Oh yeah. Whenever I need a recommendation for a restaurant, I ask you, huh? Mm -hmm. Wow. Maybe I should start a blog about restaurants or a podcast. Hmm. No, no. With you, um, every time I think about someone who's a good listener, I call you because you're just so good at making space for my feelings. Really? Wow. 14 people just told me I do that well. I didn't even realize that. Or no, you know, you're the kind of person who when I need to design something in my home, you just have the best, you know, feedback for me. So I think that starting with what do I like to do and what do people recognize that I do well, that might give you a clue. Another thing might be, what have you already been through that's really painful because on the other side of your pain, there's a lot of purpose. And for people who've suffered postpartum depression or people who've suffered after going through some kind of a trauma or people who went through um, wanting to get healthier and get in better shape, they are the exact person who could help somebody else with that exact kind of pain more than somebody Mm -hmm. who never knew that exact kind of sadness or that exact kind of struggle. And so sometimes it's our pain that's a clue in, and you get to decide. I think the, the, the thing that we need to come back to is not what is my one and only purpose in life? Because that's a really hard question to answer, and that'll keep you sort of stuck. I think the one question that we can ask is, how can I be of use today? Like just today, mm-hmm. what could I be of use doing that I would not hate? that I would actually kind of like? Yeah. Would it be teaching people something online? Would it be making a kind of product? and Or would it be shining a light on what other people are doing and becoming an affiliate for that? Like, how can I be of use today? Because often our great existential purpose, it feels so out of reach and it's not really so important because your purpose is not something you discover under a rock one day. It's something that develops over time. And I mm-hmm. believe that whatever you do, the reason you'll be successful at it is because it ultimately is very much in alignment with you. So you might start off writing music for Target, which is where I was 14 years ago, 
And it might lead you to having a podcast, helping other people, because my songs, when I look back, they were all these uplifting songs. Let your colors Mm. shine. Count on me. We will march on. Like there was a constant, constant um, sort of pivoting because the world will tell you what they need, whether you like it or not. Mm. And if you're listening, you'll answer that need however you feel you can. So I started answering that need by writing songs for Disney. Then I started answering that need by helping other artists who were asking me for help. Then by helping other artists who needed my help, I started to hear people say, you're really motivating and you got me out of my excuses. You should start a podcast. So I just continued mm. to listen so you just listened. to what people yeah. needed and I continued to pivot. So I think if you just start with how could I be of use today, you might actually see that there's a tremendous amount sitting right in front of you. Totally. I love that you recognize that there's the same theme across, like from when you were doing music to what you're doing now, you were all about motivating and uplifting. That's, that's really cool. And I'm sure at this point, a lot of people are like, well, I have like 10 things that I could be doing. Like, because people are multi-passionate and they don't know which thing would stick. So what's your advice on that? Well, I think that when they ask that, because people ask that all the time, they're they're worried about two things. One, they're worried that they're going to be invisible because everyone's greatest fear is that they're not seen. So we worry that if we choose travel writing and really what we want to do is also be a yoga teacher, we're worried that that whole part of us, we have to grieve somehow and Mm. it's never going to come back around. But what I just said before is really what happens. You're going to see that all your talents wind up becoming part of whatever business or brand that you create. I promise it will. It'll find its way in there somehow. And as a matter of a fact, when it's a business, it's not really about which one do I like more? Like we said before, it's which one are people willing to pay for? So some things are better off as hobbies and some things are better off as your business. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, once you're financially free, because you're making something that people find so valuable that they're paying you for, it's so awesome because you're so freed up and now you can scale that business and you can find other time that you never had before to work on that other thing for fun or not for fun. You can scale that into a second business. So getting financially free as fast as possible is the goal, which means how can I figure out what people need from me and what of all my skills do people want, not what I want. That's really a good thing. That is really good. Um, and then for you, yes, you you scaled up your business. Did you ever feel like at a certain point you got too busy with the business that you didn't have the freedom or time to do the other things that you previously wanted to do? Yeah, totally. I mean, I remember. I mean, I have a multi seven figure business now, and so there was a point at which I was drowning. About mm-hmm. a year ago, my book was coming out. We had millions of downloads in the show. I'm also doing my songwriting courses. I'm doing courses for my podcast listeners to help them find their calling. And I finished a live event, and I was in bed for two days crying because I was so depleted. Mm-hmm. And I realized that for a lot of people, we've been taught that in order to have a lot coming back, we need to give every single thing we have away. Mm-hmm. And it was there that I realized that I had to realize I had to realize that I needed support and I had to find the support because if I really wanted to be sustainable and if I really wanted to scale my business, I'm going to need more energy. Yeah. And so I started to hire people who could really support me and I grew my team from one person to six people Mm. and then from six people to 11 people. And even though I was making less because I was giving them more, we wound up making more. So in the end, I actually wound up making 10 times as much and working with less 
of that feeling yeah. of being depleted and more time. Because at the end of the day, if you're an entrepreneur and your goal is to be able to take walks at two o'clock and you're not doing that, then you've lost mm-hmm. the whole war. Exactly. Right? A lot of people get do get stuck into that trap. I mean, what was the timeline of like growing and scaling your business? Like hiring well, people? I mean, I mean, from that point last year, I was already at a million dollar business, but then we were able to literally 10 exit. So that timeline was about about another year mm. to do that. Um, so about at a year at a year later, Mark, we were able to boom, 10x, which is amazing. We went from yeah. making a million dollars in a year to making more than a million dollars a month. Yeah. And can I ask you, what do you think made you so successful? Let's start with even the first business, like the course, and then from scaling it too. Why do you think yeah. you continue to find this success? So I believe when they zig, you zag. And if you want to be a category of one, if you want no competition, it's all about intimacy with your audience. It's not about fancy slides and fancy webinars. It's about how much you connect one person at a time. So I think people are often mistaken where they think I need 4 million followers. It's better to have 4,000 that are really engaged. Mm -hmm. So from the beginning Before I began a podcast, I was already making multi-six figures with this course because I started with no email list. I was pregnant. Before I started the podcast, I was pregnant with my third daughter. And I was like, you know, I have this baby coming. Somebody asked me if I should start this songwriting course to help other songwriters. I resisted it for a while. Let me go for it. So I tell myself, well, I got three months till the baby's coming. Let me just do it and do it in a messy way because I don't have the time to learn Mm -hmm. how to do slideshows right now. I'm not an online business entrepreneur. I was a songwriter. I knew nothing about Instagram or webinars or leads, magnets, nothing. But actually that all helped me because what I wound up doing was I went into the great sea of the online space looking for songwriters and I created a Facebook ad with no understanding of what I was doing. And I posted a video of myself that would go out to people who were songwriters. And I just said, hey, uh, my name is Kathy and I've had some success and I want to share with you what I know and I hope that it can help. And Mm -hmm. I ran that for like six weeks and 1,042 people signed up to come Mm -hmm. to this masterclass. And uh, it was a webinar, except it really wasn't because there wasn't one slide. I didn't prepare slides. I didn't (laughs) know what I was doing. So instead... I think they were pleasantly surprised because I was there. I was pregnant. It was the summer. I was super (laughs) sweaty, you know, and I was like, here's my story. Here's what I've learned. Uh, Here's what works. Here's what doesn't. And I said, if you want, I'll spend the next several months with you. Here's my paid offer and and we can we can connect. And uh, 147 people bought it and I made one hundred and forty seven thousand dollars. And I looked at my husband. I was like, that's the easiest six figures I've ever made. Right. <laughs> and uh, and then yeah. I went on to show up for them and to really invest yeah. in hoping that they would have the best experience possible. And sure enough, a few months in, my first student, John, John got a, a, a song in a, a Starbucks ad and he called me mm-hmm. with tears in his eyes and he said, I'm going to Europe for Christmas break because I just made $54,000 wow. for a song of mine in Starbucks. You don't understand, Kathy. You don't understand. I've never made that much money, let alone for my songwriting. And that was amazing. And I said, oh, I get it. It's done. The class is going to sell itself because he's Mm going to tell that story. 
Oh, for sure. And so I had all the imposter syndrome. You know, I thought, who am I to do this? There's other more talented songwriters. Yes, I was making as a songwriter. I was making good money. I was successful Mm -hmm. for several years as a songwriter beforehand. But there were other songwriters who could do it. I also thought, who am I to do this? I don't know the online space. I don't have fancy course modules made. I'm 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 now a mother with a a newborn. Right once the class started, she was she was here, and I'm tired and I'm busy, but. I think what matters is the connection. And so I focused not on fancy modules, but on the implementation. I think that for courses, people are so over it. People are so over spending a couple thousand bucks and they just have more on their to-do list. I think what Mm -hmm. people want is a to-done list, like it's done. And so I focused not on having fancy videos for them to watch on their own. I focused on showing up live on Zoom with my whole class Mm. and listening and helping them implement and keeping them accountable. And then we grew the class. And the next time we launched it, the class made 440 grand. The next time we launched it, the class made a million bucks. And we started launching it several times a year. And it was so powerful. And then I started to hire other people to coach inside the program who were already songwriters, producers. Then I started asking, what else does my class need? And I realized that they needed access to the people choosing music at Disney soundtracks, Mm -hmm. choosing music at Walmart. And so I started to call up those people and saying, would would you come in for an interview? I'll pay Mm. you 300 bucks to come and talk to my class. And they were so happy to do it. So we started adding bells and whistles, but we kept the focus on the implementation, not on the information. Information and it's still is still live class. It's live. Yeah. Still. Oh, that's amazing. I think, yeah, it's because you are genuinely there the whole time and you care so much. Plus you're now you're so connected. You can connect people. Yeah. You can bring, give them resources. And what's happened is I yeah. was able to grow that. So now I show up in there for about two hours on a zoom call every couple weeks. And I have an amazing team of people who full time are making music for film and TV who work under me and help teach the class, who are at Mm. this moment even better equipped to teach it because I'm busy podcasting, writing books and doing all that stuff. But I'm still there to give them my imprint because I do think um, that is something that they they ask for as well. So that's how Mm -hmm. the course first started off. And, And then from there, podcast was really successful. And then from there, I started creating other programs for the people who listen to my show. And I just kind of figured it out. Like, what does it take to really connect with an audience? What does it take to really create an offer? And what does it take to sell that offer? Mm, That's amazing. I mean, can you go into what does it take to connect with an audience? Because I think people listening, they want to start, I think with any business, you have to build an engaged audience. So intimacy is one. And do you have any other tips? Yeah. I mean, the engagement is the most important thing. And so everybody is always focused on more likes, more subscribers, more follow. It's, it's, it's not how wide, it's not how big, it's how deep, right? Mm-hmm. Because think of it this way. Every single person on average has about 350 Facebook friends. So if you make a connection with one person and you show up and you really show up for them, they're going to have the ability to tell 350 people about you. And Mm. everything is word of mouth. Everything is word of mouth. How many times have you seen a movie in, you know, coming out with trailers and they spend so much money on advertising and it doesn't matter how much money they spend on advertising. The first time you hear from a friend that the movie was bad, you don't go. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Right? So Mm -hmm. it's not about how wide, it's about how effective, how much it really works. And then 
you can find ways. So backing up from that, it's like, well, how do you make deep engagement? All right. So first you want to give and give and give. A lot of this is about repetition and consistency. So a lot of people will say, I can't build an audience. It's like, well, how much are you showing up consistently? And then where's the engagement piece? Are you just talking and sharing or are you asking them questions, asking them what they need, giving them Google forms to fill out so you can constantly pivot your content to really truly hit the target of what it is that they need more of? When you do an Instagram post, are you making it easy for them to respond by saying something like, Tell me with an emoji what you ate for breakfast. Are you saying it in a fun way to say, you know, raise your hand with an emoji if you agree with what I just said? That's engagement. Then when they reply, are you then going deeper? You know, I just went to your feed and I loved that you posted about blah, 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 blah. Your dog's so cute. Now it's like, whoa, this person actually took the time. Imagine if you did that for 10 people a day and then you said, DM me because I want to ask you a question. And then when they DM Mm -hmm. you, instead of saying, thanks for liking my post, you say, tell me more about you. And then they do. And then you voice note them and you say, I can't believe you just went through all that, dude. That's that's, that's insane. You're such, you're so courageous, blah, blah, blah. I'm so impressed with you. You know, Mm -hmm. that's now creating a relationship. I think that we under... And that's a deep relationship because you gave them the one-on-one. Yeah, you're DMing them, you're voice noting them. When people get voice notes from me, they cry. They're like, I can't... I'm like, I do it every day. That's the lifeline of my business is the people who feel genuinely connected to me, who feel like I see them. And so that's something that everyone can do, which really means that in the beginning of building a business, that's actually easier to do. Because when you only have 19 people on your email list and you send them a nine-word email, a nine-word email, not a 14-paragraph, a nine-word email that says, I'm wondering what you are feeling right now. Tell me, you know, in, you know, tell me in one sentence, you know, what the highlight and lowlight of your day was. If they reply, you can now reply to every person. That's Mm -hmm. gold. They are with you now yeah. for life. If that starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger, it's harder to do, but you should still have a process goal, a measurable goal where you are having real conversations every day with at yeah. least two handfuls of people and your team should be doing that as well. Mm, that's amazing advice. I mean, how much of your day is spent on engaging with your community then? Because it sounds hours. like a lot. <laughs> hours. Yeah. yeah, I'm a psychopath. Yeah. Hours a day. And plus you, how much do you spend on creating content? Hours. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it sounds like it's split like pretty evenly. Like you're giving so yeah. much time to the community. Yep. And there's so many ways to do that. You know, whatever it is. That it, here, here's what comes up though as the obstacle is that people don't want to show up consistently. In order for people to comment on your post, in order for people to be there for you to interact with or for you to have something to bring them back to, you've got to show up. And a lot of times people don't want to start posting on their Instagram, to start sharing their Etsy Mm -hmm. shop, to start creating a podcast because they're so worried that what they have is not worthy or they're going to be a failure or it's stupid. Yeah. It takes courage to raise your hand. And what we realize is that people don't need you to be perfect. People really just want to connect. And so what people don't realize about marketing is marketing doesn't need to be fancy. It doesn't need to be convincing. Marketing is really communicating and if it's good marketing, it means that you are consistently communicating who you are, 
what you do and who you do it for. And if you're communicating that consistently by giving mm-hmm. value, showing up and, and really being clear, this is what I care about. This is what I'm enthusiastic about. This is who I am. This is why I do it. And then with every single thing you post, every single thing you share, you're asking to make them a part of it. Make them a part of your podcast. Ask them to send in their struggles. Their, celebrate their wins. Have them on the show. Read their letters. Same thing with Instagram. Like I said, ask them how they're feeling today. Make it easy for them to answer. Don't ask them open-ended questions. Say, you know, type a one or a two if you feel this or that. Tell mm-hmm. me with a GIF. Tell me with an emoji. Make it yeah, easy. Yeah, make it easy. Yeah. And then you have to have the courage to show up consistently, and that creates an incredible amount of engagement. Hi love, are you tired of feeling lost in life? Frustrated at feeling so stuck? You deserve a life full of purpose. No more putting off your dreams, no more fear holding you back. You can design your ideal life and turn it into a reality starting today. To guide your journey, I made the Create Your Dream Life online course, a six-week program with videos and exercises to help you break free from limiting mindsets, take meaningful action on your dreams, and start truly living your life. It took me eight years of messy mistakes, trial and error, and DIY exercises to finally create the life I live today where so many of my dreams have become a reality. This course is my eight years of experience distilled into a step-by-step program designed to help you figure out how to create a meaningful and fulfilling life. To get started, go to lavendaire.com slash dream life to enroll today. Again, that's lavendaire.com slash dream life. And what about I guess, branding, because you have your course about songwriting, but then you also have this podcast and other programs. Do you ever feel like you, you're spreading the brand a little bit too much or how, how do you keep everything together in a sense? The thing is that what we don't realize is like the superpower is you, right? Mm -hmm. So the fact that I am an online business entrepreneur, a master of sales and marketing, and I'm also a songwriter is exactly what my audience loves. Mm. You love everything, right? Right. Like you're going to find the people who are like, I'm so happy that it's you doing this thing because yeah, I could have learned marketing from anybody whose background was a fortune 500 company or whose background was being a skateboarder, but you're a, you're an artist. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm that kind of a human being. So what I find is that whether people are songwriters or not, the people who connect with me are the people who go, Oh, but she's like one of those sensitive type people, right? She's a poet. She writes music. She plays the guitar. So when she's talking about marketing, I hear it in a different way because I know that that kind of person is my kind of person too. Mm. So you want to be everything that you are. That makes it better. Now, I don't talk so much about songwriting on my feed or in my show, but people know that that's my backstory. Um, It's just part of what I've done, right? It's sort of like um, if Rachel Ray started teaching business now, people would love it. You know, she has so much to share about creating a brand and marketing, but she started out in the kitchen, right? Making food. So that's just part of who she is. It just adds color. It adds dimension. But when it comes to creating your brand, the things that people connect with, it's feelings. It's the things that make them feel something. So if I was looking at my feed or my brand, I would say the fact that I'm a mom, the fact that I talk a lot about my marriage or when things are hard, 
and I'm talking about marketing. All of that is my brand yeah. because it's that lens of, oh, she's a kaleidoscope of all of these pieces. So I feel like I know her. And that's the that. kind of person who's a whole person who I want to be friends with. And then there's other people who would say, oh, see that whole version of her? That's not my type. I don't think we'd be friends. So they move over to the other person. Mm -hmm. Then there might be somebody else like Rachel Hollis, who she's Christian. She's got four great kids. One of them's adopted. She's whatever she is, right? Mm -hmm. And somebody else might say, I want to learn from her because I'm Christian. And I relate mm -hmm. to that. Or someone yeah. might say, I, I had an adoption journey and I'm interested in learning marketing. I want to learn from her. You yeah. see how awesome that is? That there's such a um, there's such a, a an array of different kinds of human beings, which means there's so much room for all of us because we're all better suited for different types depending on who we really are. And, yeah. and that's why all of it is so helpful and 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 should go into sort of creating the character, which is who you already are, but just right. making sure you lay that out there for people. Well, just like not being afraid to show all sides of you, because I think a lot of people feel a little pressure to be one thing and yeah. to not show all the different facets of their passions and hobbies, but it actually does add to your brand and people see you as a real person. True. Yeah. That was amazing advice. I have some rapid fire questions that I ask all of our guests at the end of the show. Awesome. I wish we could talk for longer, but it's okay. <laughs> so Kathy, what does your dream life look like? My dream life looks interestingly a lot like it is now. I'm really appreciating the stillness that has come from how hard things are in the world right now because I I I feel that as it's hard and I've been having a lot of moments where I feel sad for people who are sick and and people I know personally it's very hard. But at the same time I like that my family's taking a walk every day and I actually living in LA and being in the midst of this have really wanted to move to a place that's even slower. And I think that that's on the horizon. Mm -hmm. So my dream life is to continue to having, having more presence and quality time and, and continuing to yeah. serve the world while continuing to find more and more of that stillness at the same time. Love it. What is one book or resource that you recommend to everybody? Uh, Seth Godin, This is Marketing. I think everybody should read that book because it's really <laughs> about empathy and storytelling and I think everybody should read that book mm. because it'll change your life. Awesome. What is one habit that has changed your life? One habit that has changed my life. Doing things that scare me. You know, even if I'm scared, mm. every single week I try to put something on the calendar that makes me uncomfortable because it shows me I can do hard things. It reinforces the fact that I don't have to be an expert and I gain confidence and it helps me grow. And I don't want to be stagnant. I want to grow. So yeah. that's a good habit, I think. I love that you do it weekly. That's amazing because you can tell over time it's going to have such like amazing effects. Yeah, it does. What is the best life or career advice that you've ever gotten? Well, it goes back to a lot of what we're talking about. But Seth Godin told me that at the core of anything successful, whether it's a business or a relationship, it's radical empathy. And when you have radical empathy for yourself and for the other person, mm -hmm. you could build something beautiful. Mm, love it. Okay. The last one, finish the sentence. The most amazing part about life is? Is loving someone and letting yourself be loved in return. Mm, beautiful. All right. Where can we find you online? You can find the Don't Keep Your Day Job podcast. You can find me on Instagram 
kathy.heller, Kathy's with a C. And um, if you like the podcast, if you like this podcast that you just heard with the two of us, which I enjoyed so much, post about it, tag me, I'll reshare it, I'll say hey. Um, and I also have a quiz if you want to figure out like what dream jobby thing would I be best at or how could I find a way forward with something I love and leave my day job. You can go to kathyheller.com. It's a free quiz. And this was so delightful. Thank you for being so good at what you do. Thank you for being so amazing at what you do. Plus, I want to take your quiz just for fun. It sounds so fun. You're awesome. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. All right. Hope you enjoyed that talk with Kathy Heller. Make sure to check out her podcast and her courses, which we'll link down below in the show notes. So let's wrap up with our key takeaways from our conversation. The first takeaway is to stay open to all the possibilities. Kathy asked the question, is there another way? There must be another way. And you have to learn to widen your perspective. You might have had your eyes set on one specific goal, but you might have just picked that goal because it was the best option that you could think of at that moment. When in reality, if you do a little more research, widen your perspective, talk to more people, learn what's out there, you might discover that there is something out there that's better suited to you. Something where you can use your gifts more fully to serve people in the world. The next takeaway is so key. If you are looking to build a business, you have to consider first what people need. It doesn't start with you and your ideas. It starts with asking people, what do you need? What are your problems? And then you create something to solve their problems, to serve their needs. That is something that is so key that a lot of people have to learn through trial and error in their journey. A lot of content creators create for themselves when if you want to grow your audience, you really have to consider, okay, what do people want? What do people need? And then you put them first. You put your audience first. And it's totally okay to want to create stuff for yourself. It's totally okay to do things for yourself. In that case, it's more of a hobby because you are putting yourself first. And that's okay if that's what you need to nourish yourself. But if you want to build a business, a business is built on serving other people. The last tip that is so key to building an audience is intimacy. Kathy emphasizes intimacy with your audience and you heard her examples of how engaged she gets with people. She's literally DMing people, replying to all the comments, asking them questions to provoke more answers just to get to know them on a deeper level because you want to be able to understand the people who follow you. You want to be able to show them that you see them, that you appreciate their support and you care about them as a person. I think that is really, really key to building an engaged community because people care about you when they feel that you care about them. So I took a lot of notes from Kathy's episode and I have so much to learn from her and I'm just happy to be able to share her with you, but make sure you check her out on her socials and everything as well. And that's it. This wraps up our last episode in season five of the Lavender Lifestyle Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. If you are listening, whether you're a new listener or you've been listening for years, I appreciate you guys so much because I never thought that I would sustain this podcast. I never thought that it would have lasted this long and that I would have been able to talk to so many people, to have so many guests on the show and really expand my worldview because I've been learning with each episode along with you guys. Like I've learned so much about new topics and I just think it's so exciting. So if you have guest recommendations, 
recommendations or topic recommendations that you want us to get into for season six, please share your feedback in our Facebook group, the Lavender Lifestyle Community. Or you can just tweet me or comment on my Instagram. Those are places that I am almost always reading everything, just so you know. And we will be back with season six in the fall. And if you want to be notified on when the podcast starts exactly, make sure you're on our email list. So you can join that at lavendare.com slash mail, M-A-I-L. And that's it. Sending you so much love. Have a beautiful summer. Stay safe. And I will catch you guys on YouTube and Instagram, TikTok, all the places. Love you. Bye. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. Lastly, you can catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. Sending you so much love. Bye. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.